as we stand on the threshold of 2024, none of us can be absolutely certain about what it is that we will experience in this coming year. But there are some things that we can be certain of. We can be certain that 2024 will be filled with spiritual battles and temptations and trials and heartaches. There is a common spiritual need that every one of us shares with each other this morning as we are about to enter 2024. And that spiritual need is the need for spiritual power. Spiritual power to be able to confront and then to overcome those spiritual battles that are coming our way. Those temptations that are coming our way. Those trials that are coming our way in 2024. Those heartaches that are certain to come our way in 2024. How many of you would be interested in knowing precisely what the will of God is for your life as you enter 2024? Do I have some takers? Here it is. God's will for every one of our lives is to live a Christ-empowered life. In light of your union with Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection... The Lord Jesus Christ wants to empower you in 2024 to allow him to live his resurrected life in and through you. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, the Apostle Paul shares the four most significant spiritual words that we could bring in the 2024. And those words are the words... Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. I want you to open your Bibles this morning to Galatians chapter 2. And as you open the Galatians chapter 2, you will find a sermon outline uh, in your bulletin. And I want you to locate that. And I'd like to read Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. The Apostle Paul shares these words. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And as you turn in your sermon notes, there are three major reasons why we can live Christ-empowered lives every day of our lives in 2024. I want you to notice what that first major reason is as you look at your notes this morning. We can live Christ-empowered lives in 2024 because we have been united with Christ in his liberating death. If you have trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have been united with Christ in his liberating death. Because we're focusing on one verse this morning, it's critical that we understand the context of the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians is the Apostle Paul's 
defense of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but it is also his denunciation of religious legalism. From the beginning of Galatians to the end of Galatians, Paul teaches us that we are saved by the grace of God through faith, not by observing the law. And from the beginning of the book of Galatians to the end, the Apostle Paul is also teaching us that we are sanctified, that we grow spiritually on the basis of the same principle. We grow by the grace of God in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. The bottom line of the book of Galatians is a glorious one. The bottom line is that the Christian life is not to be lived under a code, but the Christian life is to be lived through a person, and that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ who wants to cultivate in our lives an intimate love relationship with each and every one of us, and as we share that relationship with Christ, he wants to infuse us with his resurrection power. Let's begin looking at the text. Notice verse 20. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Each and every one of us needs to approach 2024 as Christ-centered, Christ-consumed, Christ-saturated, Christ-controlled, and most significantly, Christ-empowered people. That is the will of God for each and every one of our lives. When you come to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, you are coming face-to-face with your identity in Jesus Christ. Paul teaches us here uh, that we have become one with Christ in his liberating death. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. He communicates to us that we have become one with Jesus Christ in his risen life. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live with my faith in the Son of God. And he also communicates that we have been united with Christ in his perfect love. It is this Christ who has loved us and who has delivered or who has given himself up for us. Now notice the beginning of the verse. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. Note that the tense of the verb is in the past tense. He says, I have been, past tense, crucified with Christ. This is a reference to Paul's union and identification with Jesus Christ upon the cross. It is also an expression of our union and our identification with Jesus Christ upon the cross. As we begin to think about the death of Christ and our union with Christ in his death, uh, it's absolutely critical that we go in our minds to Romans chapter 6, where Paul was developing the same theme. And in Romans chapter 6, the Apostle Paul talks about our co-death with Christ, our co-burial with Christ, our co-resurrection with Jesus Christ. And in those particular verses, 
What the Apostle Paul is literally teaching us is that when Jesus Christ died, we literally died with Christ. When Jesus Christ was buried, we literally were buried with Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ rose from the grave and conquered sin, Satan, and death, we literally rose from the grave together with Jesus Christ, conquering sin, Satan, and death. All that is as a result of our union with Christ. Now, in Romans 6, Paul continues uh, to develop that theme by talking about the fact that we have died to sin. Uh, He mentions that repeatedly uh, in Romans 6. We died to sin. We died to sin. We died to sin. Before our salvation, each and every one of us was in a master-slave relationship with sin. We were slaves of sin. But as a result of our union in Jesus Christ, as a result of his liberating death, we now have been liberated from the rule and the reign and the power and the authority of sin. Now, that does not mean that we no longer struggle with sin. Uh, Romans 7 addresses that. But what Paul wants us to understand is that we're no longer in that master-slave relationship with sin We have been liberated. Every morning I enjoy a cup of coffee, and and I'm one of those guys who puts cream in his coffee. Now, when I put my coffee in my coffee cup, and then I put the cream in the coffee, and I begin to stir, there is a union that takes place. My coffee and my cream become one. And as I am drinking my coffee, I cannot determine where my coffee begins and ends and where the cream begins and ends because that union has taken place. When you think about our salvation in Jesus Christ, you have become one with Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. And what God wants us to understand as we move in the 2024 is that it should be impossible for any of us to figure out where does Christ begin and end and where do I begin and end? There is such a union with Jesus Christ that we have become one with him. Now I want you to notice the expression. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. What is he trying to communicate to us? I have been crucified with Christ. I believe that Paul is communicating that he lived a Christ-centered life, but he also lived a gospel-centered life. And as you move into 2024, God is calling each of us to live Christ-centered lives, but as we're living those Christ-centered lives, we need to be gospel-saturated in our entire outlook on life. What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4, the Apostle Paul clearly communicated that the gospel was about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I want to unpack it a little further for you. I want you to understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is about Jesus Christ saving, rescuing, and delivering you first and foremost, from the penalty of your sin in the past. But there's a second third to the gospel. 
That's only the first third. The second third to the gospel is that Jesus Christ wants to save. He wants to rescue. He wants to deliver you day in and day out from the power of sin in the present. And then the third third of the gospel is that Jesus Christ at some future time wants to deliver us from the very presence of sin. So the gospel is not simply that I've trusted Christ as my personal Savior and I've been delivered from the penalty of sin. No, it's much bigger than that. We need to enter 2024 as Christ-centered, gospel-saturated people. Now, I believe that most of God's people uh, believe that the gospel is about us entering a door. It's about the gospel being an entry point where we trust Christ as our Savior and we are delivered from the penalty of our sin. That is a part of what the gospel is. But I also want you to understand that the gospel is a path that we walk every day of our lives. Because if we were being honest with each other this morning, we all know that we're still struggling with indwelling sin in our lives. So when we talk about the gospel being a path that we walk, we need to understand that what we need every single day of our lives is a redeemer. And that redeemer is Jesus Christ. And the same Christ who saves and rescues us from the penalty of sin is the Christ who can rescue and deliver us from the power of sin in our lives. That is glorious truth this morning. And the day will come ultimately when he will deliver us from the very presence of sin. In John chapter 15, the Lord Jesus Christ shared with us a very powerful and graphic illustration of what our union with him is all about. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Now we know that a branch has to be connected to the vine to be able to sustain life. And what Christ was saying is that as we enter 2024, uh, our spiritual growth and our spiritual power and our spiritual vitality is tied into Jesus Christ, which is why he said in John 15, 5 in that context, Without me, you can do nothing. You can do absolutely nothing. He was talking about our union with Jesus Christ. He is saying, if you subtract my power and my presence from your life, there is no such thing as spiritual fruit. There is no such thing as spiritual growth. There is no such thing uh, as spiritual victory. And so all this is tied into the fact that the Apostle Paul recognized that he had become one with Christ in his liberating death. We need to be able to uh, move into 2024 literally preaching the gospel to ourselves, understanding that, that we stand in moment-by-moment -moment need of the rescuing grace of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Yes, it is a glorious fact that he has delivered us from the penalty of sin, but in the present, he also wants to be our Savior who is continually, through our union with him, delivering us from the very power of sin. Now, I want to pause for just a moment. 
And I want to share that many of God's people have never truly entered in to the fullness of what it means to live a Christ-empowered life. And one of the reasons is because we have been listening too much to the voice of the accuser of the brethren, which is one of the designations of Satan. There are too many of God's people who do not understand what Paul cried out here in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. My union with Christ and his death has liberated me, not only from the penalty of sin, but from the guilt of sin and from the shame of sin. And so as we enter 2024, if you're going to live a Christ-empowered life, you need to understand the glorious truth of your freedom in Christ and your forgiveness in Jesus Christ. We need to be entering 2024 in the spirit of Romans 8.1, where Paul said, there is therefore now no condemnation to those of us who are in Christ Jesus. We will never stand before a holy God, and there is no threat or no danger of us ever being eternally condemned because of what Christ has done for us. You need to enter 2024 as a liberated Christian who understands the depth of your forgiveness, who understands 2 Corinthians 5.21, where Paul said God made Christ, who knew no sin, to become sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior, and he was sitting right next to you in the pew that you're sitting in, and I had to determine who was more righteous, you or Jesus Christ, Do you know that it would be a tie? Because you have now been clothed with the very righteousness of Jesus Christ. Uh, Remember that the Apostle Paul, who is crying out, I have been crucified with Christ, was that self-righteous man who hated Jesus Christ and who persecuted and murdered Christians. But he was liberated. He was set free. Let me share this with you, and this is... This is where we need to be as we're entering a new year. Paul in Romans 6.12 said this, in light of our union with Christ in his liberating death. He said, don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lust. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members, speaking of the parts of your body, as instruments of righteousness to God. If you are going to live a Christ-empowered life in 2024, and that is God's will for all of our lives, it begins with you understanding your identity in Christ, your union with Christ in his liberating death. But I want you to take another step with me. I want you to believe that you can live a Christ-empowered life because of another really powerful reason. I want you to look at your notes once again this morning. It's the second major reason why we can live Christ-empowered lives in 2024. Note, we can live Christ-empowered lives in 2024 because we have been united with Christ in his risen life. We've been united with him not only in his liberating death, but in his risen life as well. 
Now, I want you to pause and I want you to think about it for just a moment. In light of the inevitable spiritual attacks and temptations and trials and heartaches that are coming our way in 2024, what is it that we need as much as anything else? What we need is power. And I am here on the authority of God's word to share with you that we can live in and through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ as we face those things in 2024. Look at the text again. Notice at the beginning he says of verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. That's our union with Christ and his death. Notice the next expression. It is no longer I who live. Paul is saying I have an entirely new identity. I have an entirely new life. I have an entirely new existence. But a word of contrast here, but Christ lives in me. It is Jesus Christ who is now living his resurrected life in me. I have been united with Christ, not only in his liberating death, but notice what he's saying here. I've been united with Christ in his risen life. Paul is making a beeline here from the death of Christ to the resurrection of Christ. He does this in all of his epistles. And as he's doing that, he's talking about Paul's union with Christ, and he's talking about our union with Jesus Christ. I'm going to remind you of something that could just totally transform your life this morning. The Christian life is not about you living for Jesus Christ. That is not what the Christian life is all about. Now, that may surprise you this morning. The Christian life is about Jesus Christ living his resurrected life in and through you. And those are two totally different paradigms. Look at the text. He says, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. He's describing our new supernatural identity in Christ. Notice what he says, but it's Christ who lives in me. This is best translated, it is Jesus Christ who is living present tense in me. Paul uses the present tense here when he makes the statement. He is saying it is Jesus Christ who is living in me. I want you to notice, he's living in me presently, continually, incessantly, without interruption, without any delay. When he says, it's Christ who's living in me, present tense, he's saying that Christ lives in me at all times, under all circumstances. He's not saying he lives within me occasionally or periodically or at certain times of the year or in certain days of the week. He's not even saying that Christ lives in me only when I'm where I need to be spiritually. No. At the moment of salvation, something miraculous happened. When you trust that the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit of God came to take up his residence in your life. And you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. That was a done deal. That is something that is permanent in our lives. And we are able to say that Jesus Christ lives in me. And throughout the epistles, sometimes Paul is saying Christ lives in me. And, and sometimes he's saying it's the Spirit 
who lives in me. But what we need to understand is that this is all supernatural. Notice what he says here. He is saying that Jesus Christ literally lives within me. You need to ask the question with me this morning. Who is he? Well, he's the Lord God omnipotent. He is the sovereign creator of the universe. He is the reason in light of Colossians 1.17 that all the planets are not banging into each other this morning. He is the preserver of human life. That is who indwells you. It doesn't matter what the intensity of the spiritual attacks are going to be in your life in 2024. Christ is greater. It doesn't matter how intense the trial. It doesn't matter the depth of the heartache. He is greater than anything that we're going to face. He wants to enable you to live a Christ-empowered life in 2024. See, the four most important words you can bring in the 2024 spiritually are the words, Christ lives in me. The four most important words that you can bring to your Christian life, if you want to grow spiritually, if you want to know spiritual power in your life, if you want to know spiritual victory in your life, then flow in the 2024 and cling to those four words, Christ lives in me. Galatians 2.20 is better than any New Year's resolution that you're going to make this year and ultimately not keep. You grab a hold of your union with Christ in his liberating death, in his risen life, and cultivate your intimacy with him and live in his presence moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day. And you will now know power in your life as you've never known it before. See, there's two conclusions that we need to draw about the Christian life as we enter this new year. Conclusion number one, the Christian life is an impossible life to live. It was never designed for you to live it in your own strength, power, energy, and resources. You're doomed to failure if you're trying to do it in your own strength. But the second conclusion about the Christian life is this. The Christian life is a supernatural life. It is a life that is to be lived in the strength of Jesus Christ and the power of Jesus Christ and the energy of Jesus Christ and the resources of Jesus Christ. Take it in, my brothers and sisters. Notice verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. I was speaking in a men's retreat a couple of months ago, and a man came up to me, and he said, Mark, I need to talk to you. I said, well, how can I help you? He said, I am living a defeated Christian life. I have absolutely no joy and hardly any spiritual power in my life. So we began to talk. I wanted to make sure, first and foremost, that he had trusted Christ as a Savior and that he was a believer, and I was confident that he had. And I said to him, I want you to do something. I want you to write three numbers in your notes. 
And I'm going to ask every one of you to do it right now. If you have a pen or a piece of paper, I want you to write three numbers down. I want you to write the number 24, and then I want you to write the number 7, and then I want you to write the number 365. 24, 7, 365. You got it? So I want to share with you what I shared with this man. He's looking at those numbers and he's saying, Mark, well, what do these numbers mean? And I said, well, what these numbers mean are two major things. Number one, that Jesus Christ lives inside of you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And I want to share with everybody at Trinity this morning, if you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, He indwells you 24-7, 365. And then he said to me, he said, well, Mark, what's the second, you know, what's the second point you want to make? And I said, well, here's my second point. I said, you have access to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ 24-7, 365. And I want to say to everybody at Trinity, as you enter 2024, you have access to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in your life 24-7, 365. And every morning I wake up, I say to myself, 24-7, 365. 24-7, 365. I want you thinking about that all throughout this coming year. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. In Philippians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul shared what his supreme desire was in life. He said, I want to know Jesus Christ intimately. It's an expression of purpose. But the second purpose in that verse is him saying, I also want to purpose to experience the power of his resurrection. And every day of your life and every day of my life, we need to be purposing to experience the same exact power that raised Jesus Christ from the grave, resurrection power. It is available to us. We need to wake up every morning of our lives understanding that our lives can become the channels and the conduits of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. That's what Galatians 2.20 is all about. When Paul said, I want to know the power of his resurrection, he was saying that I want the resurrection power of Christ to pulsate in and through me every single day of my life, without exception, without exception. I hope you're being encouraged this morning because this is absolutely glorious truth. Now, we need to ask a question at this point. Mark, I hear what you're saying. I can live with the resurrection power of Christ flowing in and through me. Mark, how do I lay hold of that power? How do I access that power? How do I get that power to operate in my life? Well, that's a critical question as we've entered this new year. And I want you to see that the answer to that question is found in Galatians 2.20. Notice what he says here. The way the power of Christ is released in our lives is found here in verse 20. He says, and the life which I now live in the flesh, and he's using the word flesh here simply to speak about his physical body. He says, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live with my faith 
in the Son of God who loved me and who delivered himself up for me. I want you to notice that the power of Jesus Christ is released in our lives through faith. He says, I live with my faith, my trust, my reliance, my dependency upon Jesus Christ. The Christian life is the daily decision to live in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ by faith. But I want you to pause for just a moment. And I want you to understand that what Paul is saying here is absolutely radical. We sometimes talk about faith in very superficial ways. When he says, in the life that I now live, I live with my faith in the Son of God, he is talking as a spiritually broken man. He is saying that we need to come to a place in our lives where we understand every day, in and of ourselves, we cannot be the people that God's calling us to be. So with poverty of spirit, with spiritual brokenness, we come to the end of ourselves, the end of our own resources, and we are radically trusting and depending upon and relying upon the Lord Jesus Christ. The power of Jesus Christ the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is released in human weakness, not in human strength along the way. Paul in the next chapter would say, Oh foolish Galatians, uh, who's cast an evil spell over you? He asked them, he said, Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by faith? After starting your new life in Christ by faith, are you now trying to grow spiritually by works? And so God wants us to understand as we move uh, into 2024 that he doesn't want us to complicate the Christian life. As we have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, Colossians 2.6, we are to be living and walking in him. How did we receive him? By faith. How are we to be living? We are to be living by faith. That's how the power of Christ is released in our lives. Now, because this is the first time that I've ever uh, spoken to you and I've ever preached here. Uh, I'm going to get to the third point. I'm going to do it rather quickly and then we're going to conclude. So you might consider having me come back again. So, so, so let's, let's just get to the third point here. We're still in the flow of Galatians 2.20. The third major reason why we can live Christ in powered lives. It's beautiful. Are you ready? We can live Christ-empowered lives in 2024 because we have been united with Christ in his perfect love. Notice the final phrase of Galatians 2.20. He highlights the perfect love that we all long for. He says of Christ, who loved me and who gave himself for me. How do we know that Jesus Christ loved us? Paul tells us here. We know that he loves us because he willingly and voluntarily, and self-sacrificially, and unconditionally gave his life on the cross for us. And as we enter this new year, we need to enter this new year looking in the mirror for the next week, and this is my assignment for each of you. Every time you look in a mirror for the entire first week of 2024, I want you to, to make a comment to yourself, and here's the comment. Love by Jesus Christ, love by Jesus Christ, love by Jesus Christ. 
My wife and I are going to become members of Trinity uh, within the next month or so uh, because we love how faithful and how committed this church is to the Word of God. And we see people that are engaged in ministry left and right all over the place. But I want to challenge you in the midst of your orthodoxy and in the midst of your busyness for God. We must not become like the church at Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2 who had lost their first love. Where other things and other people, even ministry became more important to them than Jesus Christ. Uh, we need to move into this new year. And, and every time we observe communion here in the new year, for all of 2024, we need to understand that when Christ said, do this in remembrance of me, what he was trying to say to us was simply this, don't get so caught up in your lives, don't get so caught up in ministry that you ever forget how much I love you. Because that's the foundation of everything. That's the reason we love him back. That's the reason that we serve him. Now, what do you do with a message like this? And obviously, this is a New Year's challenge. Well, by way of application, I want to briefly apply this message to our lives. Number one, our union with Christ and his liberating death, risen life, and per perfect love is our theological foundation to live a Christ-empowered life in 2024. Hey, from a theological standpoint, if you've trusted Christ, this is all a done deal. You have been united with him in his liberating death. You have been united with him in his risen life. You have been united with him in his perfect love. This is not about you jumping through hoops, which was the error and the heresy that Paul was addressing in Galatians. So as we enter this new year, we need to enter this new year as Christ-centered, Christ-consumed, Christ-saturated people who are living Christ-empowered lives. The second thing that I would share is this. On a practical level, we must confront and overcome the spiritual battles, temptations, trials, and heartaches we face in 2024 with our focus. Where is your focus as you're entering 2024? With our focus on the indwelling presence and resurrection power of Christ in our lives. Remember those numbers, 24-7, 365. You have access every day of 2024 to his indwelling presence and his resurrection power by faith. And then the last thing, our knowledge of Christ's faithful love for us should be our motivation to love and serve him in 2024 and for the rest of our lives. He is the one who's loved us and who's given himself for us. May we never recover from that reality. Let's pray together. Let's pray. Father, you have given us everything that we need to live a Christ-empowered life in 2024. And Father, we are excited about this new year. May there be a sense of urgency and passion spiritually in our personal lives and in the life of Trinity corporately as we think about what you want to do in and through us in 2024. Father, we thank you for the glorious truth of our union with Jesus Christ in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Uh, thank you for this supernatural identity 
uh, that we now have that has brought to each of our lives supernatural resources to live a supernatural life. We love you, Father, and we thank you uh, for what you're going to do in and through us and in and through this ministry in 2024 to the glory of God. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.